0: everybody welcome to you reports last night in new hampshire was the first primary for the 2016 presidential election and what a wild night it was on the democratic side bernie sanders crushed former secretary of state hillary clinton uh, 68 to 38 percent and one of the biggest takeaways from this was the trust issues 95 percent to five believe that Trust is a big issue, and they only trust Hillary Clinton 5% of the time. So that was a really big number and something that her campaign has really got to address. Now, the Democratic um, campaign moves forward. On the 20th of, of February, it moves to the Nevada caucus, and then it returns to South Carolina on the 27th of February. Now, tomorrow, the Democrats will hold their debate up in Wisconsin, which will be sponsored by and hosted by PBS. Now, for the Republicans, this was a big night for the provincial frontrunner, Donald Trump. He came in second out of Iowa, but now he really stomped the field in New Hampshire. He had 35 percent of the votes with John Kasich at 16 percent, which is a strong showing for him. And Ted Cruz, who really didn't expect to do too well in New Hampshire, he came out number 12 with 12% of the, um, the vote being cast. And then from there, it was Jeb Bush at 11%. Marco Rubio had the biggest fall. He went to 10.5%. He really took uh in the chin, really didn't do well in the debate on Saturday with Chris Christie hammering him away at his um, lack of experience. But Chris Christie really was most like a self-inflicted wound. He was down in the polls. I think he, re, he received about 6% of the vote. And it looks like by ABC News reporting that Chris Christie is going to suspend his um, presidential campaign because he just wasn't gaining traction. The whole purpose of Chris Christie's attack on Marco Rubio was to be that establishment voice. And for, and for whatever the reason – he just didn't resonate with the voters in New Hampshire, and John Kasich took that spot. So now you've got Donald Trump and Ted Cruz as the kind of anti-establishment. Then you got John Kasich, Jeb Bush, and Marco Rubio fighting for that establishment wing. Now, we'll have to see how this goes into South Carolina because the Republicans hold their debate on the 20th, and then they've transitioned over to Nevada on the 27th, which, ha- which holds their caucus. Now even though John Kasich did win the question becomes how much money does he have in the um in his campaign coffers to keep moving forward. So we'll have to see as this moves forward but you're going to start to see more and more candidates start to drop out. Now it'll be interesting to see what Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina do because they barely registered in the polls. So I would be hard pressed to see them keep moving on because it's going to take um it's going to take money. Now Saturday the Republican Party will be holding their debate in Greenville, South Carolina. So we'll have to see how this goes. Now that Donald Trump is the front runner, and with the attack went against Mark Root for the establishment wing, will the candidates really challenge Donald Trump on his assumptions? Many times he keeps making the the argument that he will make America great again. And this is what the exit polls showed, that they believe Donald Trump, that he will— Fix the, um, fix the problems in Washington. He will stand up to the terrorists as of ISIS, but he will make America great again. But the, the problem here is I don't know if most people know what Donald Trump would do. Now, if you go to his website, and I'm not trying to pick on Donald Trump or any other candidate, but if you go to his website, because I was interviewed on a radio show today and I assessed all the candidates when it comes. This is a WWJB in Brooksville, Florida, and I went to all the candidates, and I looked at how they would respond, because the question was asked, which candidate has the better terrorism policy? So I looked at them all. Donald Trump has a detailed plan when it comes to taxes, and it looks like a fairly decent plan when it deals, how he would deal with China. But the one thing he doesn't have is there's no substance behind, there's no plan of what he would do with ISIS. Now, Donald Trump, and even in deferent to that, even Ted Cruz said, they would bomb ISIS. They were, you know, Ted Cruz says he would carpet bomb. Donald Trump said I would take their oil. Well, former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates from the Bush and Obama administration said that's not reality. There's, it's, it's just blowing hot air. It's just not based in fact. So it would be interesting to see how would Donald Trump make America great again. Because my listeners need to understand. Remember, in 2008, Barack Obama used the the um, the moniker is hope and change. And we see what would see what his policies happened um, after that because most even um, one of the uh, prominent um, journalists had mentioned they didn't properly vet him. They didn't challenge him on his assumptions. And Bob, that was Bob Sheeford. I apologize. Bob Sheeford had said that we really didn't properly vet him or at least challenge him on what does he mean by hope and change? And I, I believe that's the same thing going on with make uh, Make America Great Again. What does he plan to do to right the economy? How does he plan to get his policies through Washington? Because as a business owner, you can fire people who don't do what you need what what you would want done, but you can't fire a Congress. You can't fire a senator or a member of the House of Representatives. Then again, when he if let's say he's elected president, how would he do things? With the, the partisan gridlock that we have in Washington, even though if the, the system is to stay the same, Republicans can train the co- the Senate and the House. How would he get through? Because you can't change anything. You're going to have to work with the other side. As I stated in previous podcast, you um, well, like in previous podcast, you're going to have to work with that other side. You're not going to enjoy the super majority that President Obama enjoyed his first two years in the House and a veto-proof majority in the Senate. You're just not going to have that. So you're going to have to work that other side. But the other thing that most people, I don't think, um, realize with Donald Trump or have never investigated it, in the first debate, he said he filed bankruptcy. This is not personal bankruptcy. He filed four times business bankruptcy. But my question is, how many of those small businesses, these are middle America, middle-class America, whose business – services or um, the, the Trump Corporation. How many of these people went bankrupt and weren't able to pay their bills? Because maybe Donald Trump can hold off and not get paid or not be able to pay his bills for two years, but most small businesses can't. They can't wait two years to pay their creditors. How many of those businesses went bankrupt? How may, What type of businesses that he was involved in who, what kind of dealings did he have now this is all public knowledge but this hasn't been properly um vetted or looked into and then on the, the going back earlier as we go deeper into um the campaign season last yesterday up on capitol hill the director of uh, the defense intelligence general, um, I believe it was Alexander and James Clapper, who's the Na- uh, director of national intelligence, stated that Al Qaeda—I mean Al Qaeda, ISIS—is planning to do something this year. They're just not sure what, but they knows ISIS is, is planning to do a, a bigger uh, terrorist attack. My question is, what is Donald Trump's detailed plan? Who's advising him? Who? Where does he get his information? What type? What books has he read? I mean. All these things need to be asked because we can't go like we had before where you have – we're not sure what the president's going to do until he gets elected. And that's too late because then we had four more years to um, have a president that we didn't agree with his policy. We just went by he's going to make America great again. So these are the things that have to be looked at and really need to be looked at. And this is not just with Donald Trump. This is with all the candidates. But are the candidates – like Marco Rubio, Chris—I mean, Chris, Chris, Jeb Bush, John Kasich, Ted Cruz, are they going to challenge the frontrunner and not just attack each other? I mean, they're really going to get to the heart of the matter. How are they going to make America great? And the one issue, like I mentioned in a previous podcast, is what about small business? How, many, how are there, their policies going to help small business? We focus so much on corporate America, We don't really focus on small business. So how would their plans jumpstart the listless American economy? We haven't talked about the stock market coming down precipitously. The GDP is down. By all measures, the economy is just lumping along. I listened to some of the economists, and one economist said, oh, this is not bad. We're going to be about 2% growth. 2% growth is nothing. We haven't been above 3% growth since 2004 and 2005 over 10 years ago. So we really need to focus on our economy. And I'm glad they're focusing on Make America Great Again, but there's a lot of issues we need to deal with. The national debt. Nobody's talked about how to, how to reduce the national debt with the with the preponderance of the problem in the entitlement system, which is Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the interest on the debt, which equals about 70% of the federal budget. So these are some of the issues that I would like to see... Um, asked, or challenged, or look at their records, or look at his business dealings. So we really need to focus on this. Now, for the Democrats, Hillary Clinton really got shellacked. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, if you look at the the trust issue, 95% don't trust her. And then when it looks like she lost with all voters except those over 65. So now... The, the campaign changes. It goes to Nevada first, and then it goes over to South Carolina on the 27th. Well, now it's going to the, the southern states with more diverse background instead of the primar- primarily white um, states of Iowa and New Hampshire. But the question is, how does Hillary Clinton right the ship? I mean, granted, I think they're looking at this firewall because – Bernie Sanders has not not really been a force in the um, the, the minority community for coming from Vermont, but the question is, how does she write the ship? Now, before the primary in New Hampshire, she flew to uh, Flint, Michigan, to kind of highlight the water you know crisis they had with the contaminated water, blaming the Republican governor Rick Snyder of Michigan. And Flint, Michigan is a primarily a dominated democratic city, but also primarily an African-American community. Now, is there going to be a backlash because she's throwing kind of the race card to get the minorities on her side, which tend to support her um, her campaign? Now, she's also going to have um, Trayvon Martin and uh, I can't even think of his first name, Gardner out of New York City's parents Or mother at um, her rally down in South Carolina. But would that come back to bite her by using the race card in such a prolific manner? Because she's talking about police brutality and the killings of African Americans by police officers. But is that going to be a backlash from law enforcement and those that support law enforcement to say that all law enforcement in a collective manner is racist? So that's going to be um, an interesting way forward. But it depends how she handles this. But right now, the super delegates are in her corner. The way the Democratic Party set this up is they really set it up for Hillary Clinton to win the nomination. They did not expect any challengers. They just thought this upstart would be just fade over time. And I think they miscalculated the mood. It's just like the Republicans. They miscalculated the mood of the country. Even though the economy has been in recovery since 2009, it's people still aren't feeling that it's affected them. They feel like they're being left behind in this economic um, economic recovery. So this was what fueled uh, Bernie Sanders, and this is what's definitely fueled um, Donald Trump. So it's it, it's it's see how we have. To, it's going to be interesting as we move forward, but as we move forward. It doesn't matter what party you, you you believe or what candidate you support. Let's make sure we ask the right questions. Let's make sure we challenge the assumptions. I really want the media to look at the candidates' records, really look at their candidates' record. Even let's look at Donald Trump's record. I mean, he wasn't a politician. He running as the anti-establishment. But let's look at some of the things that he said. He said he's given money to political campaigns and candidates. Who did he give to? What did he gain from it? He mentioned he gave stuff to Hillary Clinton. Okay, that's fine. But how much did he give? What did he gain from that? Let's look at his business dealings. What type of business um, individual is he? Because that's how he's going to say he's going to run if he becomes president. So let's really challenge these candidates. And for Hillary Clinton, let's look at her record or what she hasn't done or, or or what she will do. Bernie Sanders, let's look at his record. He runs as an outsider. But he's been in Washington since nineteen ninety, and then he was a mayor before that. And so he's been in the public eye for a number of years, not maybe not a prominently like Hillary Clinton. But let's look at what he has or has not done. This is the things the media needs to chat needs to look at, and not just like the circus that we're getting on the Republican side and this bomb, this very populist individual on the Democratic side. But let's really look at at the records, and let's really dive in deep when they say something. So when Bernie Sanders says, I want free education, a single-payer system for health care, all these things, and I'm going to raise taxes. He hasn't given a detailed plan, but it's going to be well above 50%. How is it going to be paid for? How are you going to reduce the debt if you're going to give out all the, all the the um, all these programs? Now, the Washington – I mean, excuse me, the Wall Street Journal reported – that everything that he said he's going to um, give, a, give away or do is going to cost the, the federal government $18 trillion. How is he going to accomplish all this? How is Hillary Clinton going to accomplish all this? And then the last thing that's le- um, looming for Hillary Clinton that she can't control is these FBI investigation into her email server and her private email account. Now, I gave a podcast on that and explaining it. I would like to know is how did – emails that were on a classified system get into an unclassified system because they don't cross over. You cannot send a, a classified email to an unclassified email. You just can't do that. So I'm curious to see what the FBI has cuz that will t- definitely shape up the race. But as we move forward, listen to these candidates. Challenge these candidates. Be informed because we are going to get the government that we get and we can't say well I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that or I I should have asked that But We need to ask these questions and get involved. Force your candidates to to answer these questions. Get the media to challenge these candidates on both sides because again, we're going to get the candidate, we're going to get the government that we that we deserve because if we don't take part, this is what we get. There's a lot of problems America has here and abroad. So Let's get out and vote and vote either way. Vote your conscience. That's all I can say is vote your conscience. And if you get a chance, go to Stitcher, go to iTunes, sign up. Let me know what you think about this podcast and other podcasts. Let me know what you think about what you want to hear. And I'll do my best to cover these topics. If you get a chance, go to Amazon or any major bookstore. I have a book out called The New Business Brigade. Why businesses should handle, I mean, should hire veterans and the untapped resource they represent. Again, it's the New Business Brigade, a bestseller on Amazon. And the New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Should Hire Veterans, is a needed book to read to help veterans out. My goal is to not just be a bestseller on Amazon, but definitely be a bestseller on the New York Times. With your help, we can make that happen. Again, thanks for listening to Ubaldi Reports. Keep on listening and tell your friends. Till next time, welcome to you. Continue listening to Ubaldi Reports.